0: and welcome to a brand new episode of the Two Point Conversation Football Talk for fans by fans right here on the network at BICBP-radio.com. My name is Matt Johnson, one of your hosts, and alongside with me, as always, for our film study room, film room studies, I said that out of order, uh, Mr. Brian Finch. Hello, Brian. How are we feeling?
1: I'm fantastic. How are you?
0: I'm good. I'm in a pretty good mood. It's my my yeah. second, second episode I'm recording today. Um. So I'm, I'm. I'm feeling good. I'm feeling pretty good. Getting the jump on a couple of things. I did not have to come to the studio at all tomorrow, Tuesday. I'm delighted. Um, it's so nice. It's it's kind of nice not driving out here sometimes. Um. But I'm in a good. I'm in a good way. I'm in a good way. Um. Yeah. Things are life is good. Life
1: is yeah. good. So. Are, are you ready to shout? Sorry, uh the Bills are back on top of the AFC East That's and cool. I am you're
0: only the fourth co host to, to say that this week.
1: <laughs> yeah. yeah. Yeah, it feels great.
0: No, I'll be happy. Be proud.
1: Yeah. I was happy you guys took care of uh Arizona Thanks. for you on Saturday. I was happy for you. I, I knew the whole time that it really was in my best interest as a Bills fan for you guys to lose, but I could not find myself um in a spot where I could actually root against your team like well, that. I you are a I've, better man than I I like <laughs> Frank Wright. I love Jonathan Taylor. You know me. I'm a gigantic uh, Carson Wentz ab- apologizer. Yes. I will constantly go to bat and defend that man. And um, I don't know. We had Quentin Wilson, uh, Quentin Nelson, that dude, like, you know, he is. I, that's who I would want to be if I was in a professional football player. I'd want to yeah. be screaming my head off as I'm running down the field, blocking my ass off. Um so, yeah, I identify with your Colts, so that's that's cool. You guys put me in a weird spot. Stop Stop being so damn likable. I know.
0: No, we can't help it. I am getting nervous, though. All the COVID stuff is starting to come through. They just lost a couple more pieces, as expected. So hey, Car- it, Carson Wentz about to be playing it,
1: with no offensive. I kind of hope they, I mean, I, I don't look, know. Look what happened to the Bills. Bills, Bills didn't, you know, did, didn't think they were going to have Deion Dawkins. They, they, they did get him, but you know, no, no Feliciano, and then they're starting left guard at the time. Like Biker goes down, and it's just then they have to reshuffle everything. You yeah. know, you guys did you know, basically doing the same thing. So, uh, it it's just it last a week. new I'm, challenge.
0: Yeah, it's just a new challenge. It's a it's big a time challenge. game. If the Colts beat the Raiders this week, they lock the playoff spot up. So Hell yeah. That's that's why it's like, ooh, come on now. Yeah. Come on, bro. I mean, we're not going r- to have Quentin, We're not going to have Quinton. We're not going to have Darius Leonard. Uh. So, um, so yeah, I'm a little nervous in that regard.
1: Well, I mean, you brought up the Raiders, and that actually goes into something I wanted to talk about, which is um, you You are a uh, big quarterback fan. Like, you. if you look behind Matt right now, you see a lot of quarterback jerseys compared to other positions. You, yeah. You, you fall in love with the players, uh, maybe identify with, with them a little bit more, being the leaders, like you're the leader of our two-point team. You yeah, know what I mean? I guess. Um, <laughs> but I'm kind of putting words in your mouth. But <laughs> what I'm getting at is Derek Carr uh, to do that post-game interview and say, we're not dead yet, we're not giving up, yeah, we know what we, what we face and everything, and then to deliver again this week while not necessarily playing their best game. It wasn't the prettiest game. But it was an ugly win. Uh, so in a weird way, I guess I'm saying that I'm also rooting for the Raiders. I would like to see that storyline pay off like that. You know, you, you lose Henry Ruggs in such a horrific, awful situation. The whole John Gruden BS that happened midseason. Right. You know, it, it's a an incredible storyline if they were able to somehow find their way into the playoffs, and uh, I'd be ecstatic for Derek Carr.
0: No, I would be too. I hope it's not at the Colts' expense, but I, I'm a big Derek Carr fan, huge Derek Carr fan. I always have been, and always will be. The adversity that that dude and that team has had to overcome this year—it's—it yeah. would uh, be storyline. It would be, it would be very, you know, nice storyline heading into the postseason. But uh, well, the
1: Texans are going to help you out. You're going to end up winning the division. Don't worry about this. I don't know about that. They're going to do it. We'll they, see. They well, we need Miami and the though.
0: Texans to win. We need Miami and the Texans to win. So, there you go. They're Enough both playing out. really well right now. And us to win out. So we'll see. But, um, but yeah, this is the film. Where we got some stuff to take a look at today. We got two very, very good quarterbacks. We're going to break down uh, for offensive play. We're finally going to do a Patrick Mahomes um, play. It only took us nearly a full season to do, but uh, it feels weird not doing him because he's a major star. I think we've had every like major quarterback in the NFL this year. Um, at least once. So, I think at least once, right? Yeah, I think so. So we're gonna yeah. be doing that. Um, and then we got some defensive plays. You know, a couple of weeks ago, I was just uploading our week fourteen stuff. uh the other or last night, and I was like, oh, look at Washington and, and Dallas stuff. But this that time was for for Washington. This time, Dallas uh, put on probably one of the honestly we could have did film starting that whole game. Offense and and we would have been okay. But uh, they put on a, a, a pretty solid clinic. And then, Brian, you have a defensive play uh, from the Chargers game, I believe, right?
1: Yep. Uh, trying to figure out the biggest storylines of this week. And uh, one of them definitely would have been, how the heck did the Houston Texans beat the Chargers?
0: They good. They good. Yeah. They're all right. Big Davis Mills fans here. Um, so we got that. And then, of course, our Losers Club, which we're going to continue with. We have Washington. And oh, the Falcons, the Falcons. That's right. That's right. Yep. So um, Washington won so, so appropriately timed after after getting their, you know, cheeks clapped uh, yeah. Last than to put it nicely. So we got a lot to talk about. Let's jump into it, everybody. Uh, we're going to start off with Patty Mahomes. All right. Down Travis Kelsey. All right. Travis Kelsey did not pass COVID protocols. He is vaxxed, but could not get a negative COVID tester for Sunday's game. And they're going up against the uh, Pittsburgh Steelers, who they handle themselves pretty well um, here. I have to apologize, alright, for those who listen to maybe every episode, or at least our Pick'Em episode, on top of this one, uh, I did, I think maybe the fantasy, actually it might have been the fantasy one too. Uh, I made some comments about Patrick Mahomes. Listen, I know how great he is, but I also made comments that uh, Patrick Mahomes is not the kind of quarterback who's been able to elevate guys. When he doesn't have his stars, he struggles. And maybe it's Pittsburgh's. Maybe it's just how bad. I'm not. You know, I'm not gonna make excuses for it. Uh, Patrick Mahomes elevated some dudes. Tyreek Hill, um, you know, was a factor in this game, but he elevated Byron Pringle, um, Mikael Hardman. These are guys you're not normally you, you know of, but you're not hearing having a significant games. And uh, Mahomes did a good job of that. I apologize for ever doubting them. I was wrong. Um, you know, I used to say uh, all the time back in 2018, man, I wish Patrick Mahomes had this Colts roster. I'd love to see him try and elevate, um, Dante Moncrief or, you know, some of these other pieces, uh, you know, to, to be good. And then, you know, would love to see Andrew Luck on those 20, that 2018 Kansas city chiefs team. And that's how I've kind of felt throughout a lot of his career. Patrick Mahomes has been blessed with fantastic weapons at his home. I mean, who, you know how how great is it? You come into a team who's already a pretty good offense, and you got one of the best wide receivers in the game in Tyree Kill, legit the fastest man, fastest probably the fastest wide receiver in the NFL. Um, a future Hall of Famer in in Travis Kelsey, and you know one of the best coaches. Absolutely spoiled, but uh, he's making do with it. And um, and yes, I want to show a, a play him hitting. I think it's Derek Gore. I think it, it, the last name is Gore. I think it's Derek Gore is their fullback's name and it's uh it's a pretty spectacular pass. I want to take a look cuz it's it's actually it shows off the magic of Mahomes in my opinion. Um you know, th- this guy can can do it all, right? This guy can do it all. He's mid-play. He's adjusting, you know, and just trying to get get stuff to get happen. So, let's take a listen to uh this play and uh and then we'll start to break it down. Here we go. Uh second and 7, 3 minutes 10 seconds left. In the uh, in the first half, Kansas City already up seventeen to nothing over the Pittsburgh Steelers. Uh, if you want to find the original video, it's Patrick Mahomes' best throws versus the Steelers. NFL twenty twenty one highlights. Uh, one minute fifty two seconds in. So let's take uh, let's take a watch or a listen. And that's why he's won so many games. Yeah, I mean you're here for a reason, right? If, you, if we're bringing you in, it's not to just sit here and hang out. It's to play at some point. Here's the pass down to field. Gore has been the man on this series that he was left alone. Gain of That's 50. <laughs> and down here on the bottom, Gore's he's over here. He Look at this. Mahomes is going to run around. All right. So, yeah, pretty nasty, pretty significant play. But this is why Mahomes is one of the best. That's why he's the highest paid quarterback in the National Football League. It's because he's that dude. All right. Uh, Let's take a look at our formation setup. Uh, Actually, both my plays have the same uh, personnel package, same formation. This is shotgun, five wide, double zero personnel. All right. Um, You know, this 83 here, he he goes in motion. I believe he is considered a wide receiver. All right. I don't think we have one personnel, right? they really do that? It depends on where they line up, but he, he doesn't line up in a position, you know, he doesn't line up in a position where I think he's registered as a tight end, if that makes right. any sense.
1: It so, does, yeah, yeah.
0: So, uh, you know, of course, no Travis Kelsey, you get your backup in an 83. Um, I believe a tight end, but he's playing, he, he's he's lined up as a wide out. So it doesn't really count for personnel. All right, shotgun 5-way, um double zero personnel, zero personnel. And the defense, Pittsburgh is in a base 4-3. All right, cover one. We got one man deep. He is right about here. Let's see if you can see that on. I think you can see that on screen. But we got one man deep. He's on the uh, the Steelers' forty-five yard line. All right, and they're in uh, zone coverage. You'll be able to tell with uh, how this this play kind of breaks down. So, Um, so yeah. So Patrick Mahomes shotgun, pretty uh, common position for him. I got to give a lot of kudos to his offensive line here. They did a fantastic job of protecting him. Uh, Pittsburgh didn't really bring any heat on this play. And that's kind of, I mean, they did, but not really. And that's kind of why Patrick Holmes got away with what he did. So let me start to, uh, let me turn this down a hair and then we can, uh, start to break it down a little bit. All right. So he sent 83 in motion from the right side to the left side, um, perhaps for some extra but protection, maybe like a little bounce off and then kind of go. All right. Uh, onto that onto his left side, but it doesn't really it doesn't really change anything with the, whole, the, the way the play goes. Moves him up, plants his feet, and we go. Yeah, he just uh, just a better opening there. Uh, Chiefs are sending everybody. You know, we got I can't tell who know what number that is. Got a quick little route right here, and the Steelers are actually protecting it relatively well. They're guarding the first like up to this point. The first down line is pretty protected, and if this guy catches it right here. Um, I can't tell who that is. He's getting blasted. Uh this one he's got somebody kind of nearing him, and all these guys are, are pretty uh almost I don't even want to call it like a prevent style defense, but the the first down marker is pretty well guarded at this point. And uh and yeah, listen look at the Chiefs offensive line is doing pretty well. We got, you know, we got some coverage over here. Uh not bad over here. The pockets collapsing a little bit, but it's Mahomes. He just kind of makes it work. Uh, Mahomes could take the easy pass right here. It's second and seven you get yourself to a third and one, third and two position, and you know you're golden. It's easy to convert that. Clyde Edwards-Elair I think is still in the game at this point. He's doing pretty well for himself. Damian Williams, uh, is it Damian or Darrell? Daryl.
1: they have Damian. They have Damian.
0: Okay. Yeah. Um, you know, whatever. You go get that. You, you're doing fine. This this Steelers' offense or defense isn't stopping you. But uh, great awareness here. Great awareness here. Mahomes steps up, and he's starting. He's trying to make his reads. Like, there's a couple guys right here ready to go. I think that's Hardman right there in the middle, number thirteen. Mm-hmm. I could be wrong, or no, that's Pringle. Uh, and Mahomes is, you know, keeping an eye. He did a good job. He looks back. He's keeping an eye on the line of scrimmage. He gets really, really close to crossing it before he throws, but he actually did a very good job of it. But he points. He makes a little um, adjustment. He gets this guy to take to take off this uh this cornerback here number 21. So you take a guy off. All right, and then that leaves Gore open. This guy actually I believe came forward there, or there's another piece here that comes forward. Yeah, I believe he came forward and Gore Yeah, catches that pass and boom. He's uh he's he's there. So what the the, the adjustment was um Oh boy! Sorry about that.
1: Everything all good?
0: Um, yeah. One of my posts got removed from uh from NFL memes. They had to let me know the Washington Dallas one. So <laughs> I got in, I got in trouble. So sorry about that. I saw that one coming. Yeah, they just warned me ahead of time uh let's see (laughs) i might as well delete it now too
1: yeah uh where are you i i hope people listening know what meme we're talking about so we can all remember it forever (laughs) yeah oh god I, I I, i said to my wife i'm like okay uh i i don't know like if i'm like um naive or anything or whatnot but uh I'm like, I don't get this reference, or I do, and it's just going over my head, kinda. And she goes, she goes, think of what you're thinking, and that's exactly what Matt's getting at. Yeah. I'm like,
0: oh boy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Pretty much. That stinks. Oh well. Um. So yeah. Um, so yeah, that's what's going on with the uh sorry, with the play. My apologies, listeners. But um, yeah, this uh this Derek Gore, who again they're fullback, lineup as a wide receiver. He's he runs out for a route, but Mahomes can you know just directs traffic midway. That's that's the big thing there, um, right? You see this that this guy right here he comes off of Derek Gore. So this is the why how I knew it was zone. He's kind of protecting this area. He comes up to guard this to guard Pringle right there. He cut and he locks that guy up, and that leaves Gore wide open to take this pass. All right. Yeah, it's either
1: him or it's that other guy that flashes. If you go back, there's a guy at the bottom, too closer to the sideline that goes forward real fast. That might have been it. That
0: I might have been overlooking
1: that. Yeah. Let's see here. And it's either twenty three. Yeah, I think it's. Or twenty.
0: Yes, yes, it's a, that's what it is. That you are right. Good eye. That's what I originally intended to mean. Twenty three comes up hard, and he completely leaves Gore because that's that, that's the zone coverage right there, and right. Gore's wide open, and Mahomes drops a dime, right. pretty much.
1: Ants. So that is one thousand one hundred one quadrillion percent, and it it shouldn't happen because he's a Pro Bowler, a perennial All Pro. Yeah. That's Mika Fitzpatrick's man. There it is. That's it's, he passes him yep. off. Oh, he passes yeah. him off. That's like, what it is. Mika, you're taking the overtop. You can't let a guy get behind you. No, and
0: and that was uh, you know that was a uh, a big time dagger for the uh, big time dagger there. Uh, for the, I mean, it was just bad for the Steelers all evening long. You know, all evening, e- blah, evening long. But man, it's good to see a fullback just kind of take a pass like that. That was a Jesus forty-something uh, yard gain, something like yeah. that off that play. Forty-fifty yard gain off there. So yeah, we got the guy set in motion. The the coverage moves adjusts a little bit, and yeah, Fitzpatrick jets up, and uh, yeah, he leaves Gore wide open for this uh for the safety to kind of take him and and gore's got yeah that's a 50-yard play and uh and yeah so gore's got the catch and he he puts him right in the red zone it was just it was this kind of stuff that uh you know that's got the steelers beaten up as bad as they did that's one thing i want to look at because the steelers defense is very very good very very talented at uh at what they do and um you know, I was very, very surprised to see them get beat the way that they did. But, uh, you know, Andy Reid had all sorts of different looks and stuff for him. You know, it's just some – and this is what I wanted to commend Patrick Mahomes on is his ability to, uh, you know, to kind of overcome these things and, and and do some good with them and, uh, you know, do some good with these random pieces. Like, you know, Derek Gore is somebody who nobody has on fantasy football. Uh, he's not supposed to line up at wide receiver, at least not, you know – it he hasn't done it very much, and uh, and yeah, he just he, he takes the he keeps eyes on Mahomes, takes the mid adjustment, and bam, a little lob, a little it was actually kind of a lob pass, but it was a bit of a dime for fifty big time fifty yard gain, and uh, and yeah, so that's the magic of Mahomes, you know, the ability to kind of in the middle of a play. This is what why I like it so much in the middle of a play. Shuffle his pieces around, make adjustments. You know, we always talk about the pre-snap reads, and, and and making reads at the line and stuff. But he's legit, like, like moving guys around with the put with it with his finger. Just hey, do this, do that, do that, and to see it like come together the way it did, pretty mm-hmm. pretty damn remarkable. Yep, there's the point. There's the point. Go go out, go out, go out. Bam, big time gain. Almost in the ten yard line too. From the uh, from the thirty eight, so pretty considerable. Let's take a look at the uh, all twenty two. Yeah, he pulls up. His safety was not ready for that. Bad, bad, bad coverage there. Yeah. Uh, yep. But yeah, so that's our uh, that's our first play. That's our first play. Significant. I mean, just little 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 nuances that the new generation of quarterbacks are showing that they can do, and it's just. Uh, Man, it's just damn impressive. It, it really is, you know, to be able to do that. But you know, there's a lot of guys who, once a play starts to break down as it's happening, it's like, oh, okay, we're just gonna throw it away. And I've seen many quarterbacks throw it away on a play like that with with the way that the defense played. You know, the Steelers actually played good coverage for the most part until that error by Fitzpatrick right. uh, to, to to run up and, and whatnot. So, um, but yeah, so that is play number one. That is play number one. Finally, we got Patrick Mahomes out of the way. And uh, and we could say that we did him. We we used him for uh, for film study this year. So all right, let's head on over to the next one, uh, Mr. Joshua Allen. All right, what are we looking at? Why did we pick this play?
1: Well, I've been having an interesting Twitter interaction with a horrible uh, Twitter account. It's they're called Overall uh, Overrated Takes at Overrated Takes. Uh, he's the one with the overrated takes because he goes to the extreme. He was comparing Justin Herbert to Blaker uh bigger Mayfield 2.0. Like it doesn't even make sense. They're not even close to the same style of quarterback and how they play the game, but whatever. So it got me thinking about what is it that people keep creating a new narrative around Josh Allen every week. It, it seems like there's something else that people like want to try and dog the guy on up. He doesn't elevate you know, or he doesn't do this or doesn't do that. Like, okay. Uh, Josh Allen does elevate. Zay Jones had his best year as a bill with Josh Allen. Right. John Brown had his best career year with Josh Allen. Cole Beasley had his best career year with Josh Allen. And even the superstar who is Stefan Diggs who has good years with whoever he plays with, he had his best year with Josh Allen. So this week was all about Isaiah McKenzie and what they were able to generate when Cole Beasley got dropped and then Gabriel Davis got dropped. Like these guys are getting, catching the COVID and next man up mentality doesn't always seem to work uh, around the league as much as we like to say it, you know, that's the, the the cliche, but it doesn't seem to work the same way that it worked this week for the bills. And I wanted to show uh, the, the chemistry between Isaiah McKenzie and Josh Allen. And the other thing is, this throw shows off um a, a new um terminology i wanted to use or maybe i may have used it once but this is a uh, a um second window throw here and i wanted to show that off
0: all right so let's uh, let's kick this thing off let's uh take a watch and then uh, we'll start to break down personnel and everything so the situation bills are up 26 to 21 it is third and 10 with 7 minutes 26 seconds left in the uh in the game completely uh if you want to check out the original video all right josh allen highlights from week 16 buffalo bills um and it is where we at three minutes 44 seconds into the video so all right let's take a listen and a watch and uh we'll get to breaking it down allen not much of a watch fires in stride McKenzie with another grab. His 10th of the day.
1: So there it is. A longer developing play uh, success that the Patriots right now, I know are, if they're at the stadium going over this game right now at their facility. This is definitely one of those plays, which is it's third and 10. It's, you know, the, the, the drive of the game. We need to stop the bills here. We need to get the ball back because it's a one possession game. We need the ball back. We need to go score a touchdown, take the lead and take the division now. Or re- keep the division. Right. Instead, what ends up happening in this is they don't get pressure. Josh is allowed to, to survive the pocket long enough to hit a second window throw. So that's the new term I want people to know about. Uh so what they're facing here personnel wise is Bills are in eleven personnel, trips bunch, and countering that you got uh the classic uh four two five uh for the Patriots and they're running a uh it's either cover one or cover two man coverage. So it's it's man to man, but they either have two safeties over top or one. I never get a clear sight because there's no all twenty two look at it, and no safety ever shows up in the picture besides the one you can see at the start of the play right now. Right. So I want to say that they, it's, it's too over the top. I think they're trying to keep the big, because it's third and 10, I'm guessing that they're probably trying to just keep the deep ball uh, out, but they do a really good job of using Isaiah McKenzie's uh, ability to beat man to man coverage. It's something that he actually does better than Cole Beasley right now. They're both phenomenal short yardage, you know, uh, yards after the catch uh, slot guys. But what Isaiah McKenzie's able to do is have just pure athleticism take over and he's able to beat the corner to the spot here. And so what they do is they, they start McKenzie out. He's at the top of your screen right now. And they're going to start him out, yes, out number wide. Nine, they, number they, 19,
0: they, excuse me, for those
1: who don't yep. know. So, they're motioning him into the formation. So, let, why don't we play here, and I'm going to have you stop about halfway sure. into his route. And there. Okay. So, a second window throw. The idea being this, that when the receiver first gets into his route, there's normally a first window throw, which you have to have him as your primary receiver. Okay and it's normally designed where there's conflicting routes that is going to help create space for that first receiver the first read to be open and it's normally a three step drop kind of deal this could have been that because it's just you know it's a shotgun josh is going to get the ball and just try and get the ball out of his hands quick uh but they only bring four and they even keep Dawson Knox close in the line as scrimmage so they're they're kind of keeping everyone close in the line of scrimmage here for uh, Josh. And then why it becomes essential to throw the second window is is because he doesn't actually get open into a space where he can catch the ball and not be caught before the first down marker. So right now Josh has not left his read. He knows it's Isaiah McKenzie. Uh, He's probably not staring directly at him, but at the same time, Kind of staring at him. So let's keep this thing rolling. Sure. Leads him past the first down, right? Leads him towards the line of scrimmage, and it's a nice, easy catch. Absolutely. No,
0: those it's those little out routes, right? That are that are always so dangerous. And if you have a talented enough defensive back, they can you know rip one back and and almost take it back, you know, back the other way, take it to the house. And uh, it's a lot of trust with Josh Allen. We all know that, you know, for those who've kind of been aware, Isaiah McKenzie's been in the doghouse the last month or so. Uh, Ever since he botched a uh, special teams return and put the Colts in scoring range. Uh, He's been in the doghouse, a healthy scratch, and he showed up big this week. So it was a huge game for him and a huge trust for Josh Allen Mm -hmm. uh, to to kind of take that, man. You know, again, a speedy. Yeah, that was just well placed. I think he, he put enough arc on it, too on the top to get it to his guy where it's not you know what I mean a defender's not might not be able to kind of get it and just go the other way. It mm-hmm. was it was very well placed in that regard. And yeah, McKenzie's got enough room and he takes it up a little bit.
1: Yeah. He, he's a, a way tougher cover um in in working across the line of scrimmage like he does here. Any anytime that you have him working in a straight line, either vertical or side to side, he's he's normally going to be faster than the guy that's trying to guard him because that's that's his gift in the NFL is dude's got just pure speed uh kind of like you showed with the um your uh kick returner there special uh, not he you even use him in kick returns you you use him on a reverse in that one play oh Doolin, uh, yes i
0: i think he's uh he's yeah i think he's a kickoff returner too kickoff yeah. on return
1: so there's you can't scheme up speed like you you, you just can't there's no defense that's going to be able to just take away someone's God given talent to just be able to run past somebody. So at some point, it does come down to that, and you need athletes and you need athletes to understand their role on the play and how to best utilize this. So, one thing else to look at this is Isaiah's job of understanding the routes of his other receivers and how he's going to use each one as he gets into his own route to ultimately set him up where he's in space. Right.
0: All right. Let's uh, – One more time. Yeah, let's watch it one more time. I'll turn the volume up, and, uh, and yeah, here we go. There's a little motion, goes on the inside. Allen. Not much of a walk. Fires in stride. But- the
1: that first was, guy he uses is Sanders. Yeah. The first a- guy he uses is Sanders. He uses Sanders' route – to make his cut and then he uses his uh, Isaiah McKenzie's just presence. I mean or um Diggs' presence just to uh be effective. Because that's you know, that's what superstar receivers do too, is is help the the lesser talented guys on their team have better opportunities.
0: Absolutely. I mean that was one of the easiest third not third and long conversions I think I've ever seen. Right. Um
1: <laughs> and this is after Isaiah McKenzie has had like the game of his life. So it's right. Not he's like...
0: already done enough, you know, yeah. at this point. So yeah, this is this is pretty huge. So
1: all right. Well, technically, the Miami game at the end of the year last year was the game of his life when he had three touchdowns. But whatever.
0: Yeah, yes. Last year's touchdown. Yesterday's touchdowns don't win today's games. That's the. Old, that's right. That's the nice. Game. So all right, there it is. There is our uh, last offensive play. We're going to the defensive side now. And, yeah, listen, I watched it yesterday, uh, last night's Sunday Night Football's Dallas and Washington game, and it was just not pretty. Uh, right out of the gate, very early on, I think the, the Cowboys scored 21 points, in 20, uh, 21 points in both the first quarters. So 42 in the first half, and then the third quarter was pretty ugly. Unfortunately, Dak Prescott could not give me my final four points that I needed to advance. Oh, Dude, he got me. So I had 8% chance of winning. My uh semifinal matchup in one of my fantasy leagues at four o'clock PM Eastern time. I had Cortland Sutton and Dak Prescott left. Cortland Sutton got me like seven points. I still can't believe they extended him for as much money as they did uh mm-hmm. Denver. And then Dak pulls me out, he like gets me so close. I was really about, I had a ninety eight percent chance to win at halftime. And then they, they he had a couple they just got really conservative, understandably so. Yep. Uh, on offense and they just pulled them so
1: yeah that sucks
0: I'm, it's blamed
1: the blame uh washington's offense and dales's defense for your loss 100
0: percent. i'm furious right now absolutely furious i was all like yeah go how about them cowboys like i was all proud and stuff now i'm just like fuck them cowboys not a fan <laughs> not a fan trash Absolute trash anyway yeah I went sorry.
1: into the Sunday night game relying on Dak and uh, Amari Cooper and they pulled it off for me.
0: They did good. They did damn good. So um so yeah, Washington was just a hot mess from the get go. Their their teammates were fighting on the sidelines. It was just it was bad. They brought their benches for no reason. To just get embarrassed. It was it, it was terrible. Um but yeah, this is one of the better I mean Dallas's defense is good and their defense has them as a Super Bowl contender, right? Like, uh, their offense has been good underneath Dak Prescott. There's been no debate about that. Dak Prescott is a good quarterback. We've talked about that plenty of times. But their defense has been the one thing that's been getting them killed the last couple years. Right now, their defense is on fire. All right? Absolutely on fire. They have all three of their big pieces, Curse, uh, Diggs, and there's one other one. Oh, I
1: can't think of his name. DeMarcus
0: Ware? DeMarcus
1: Ware? You, you're talking about all guys in the secondary,
0: uh, just everybody in general. They, they have like their key pieces, um, in in play right now, and they're they're just like playing just lights out football. And honestly, oh, well,
1: they, they have the defensive player of the year and the defensive rookie of the year on their team with Micah Parsons.
0: Yes, Micah Parsons. Yep. Um, Parsons, Curse, and uh, and Diggs. Diggs, and and this one is uh,
1: is oh, and Demarcus Lawrence,
0: Demarcus Lawrence. That's who we're looking at today. <laughs> So they got a pretty good team. All right, their defense is is pretty damn good. So, Wait,
1: we just had to go oh, and Demarcus. Lopez. I know,
0: right? I know, right? as, as we're about to cover his play. Um, yeah. So let's take a gander at what this was. It, it, there was so much I could have chosen. Like I said, we we could have picked this entire game to just break down for two two good offensive plays and two good defensive plays. But let's watch. Uh, let's watch this 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 breakdown right here. Empty backfield, four man rush. And that is intercepted. It's the Marcus Lawrence down the sideline. He goes and look at that into the end zone. Terrible, just terrible.
1: <laughs> the, you know I what? Mean, it, it reminded it's me freak of a play. What's that? It's a freak play. I mean, you know I guess mean? I don't want to. I don't want to knock uh, Heineke too too much on it. No, because uh, we still
0: like him. But
1: it, yeah. it reminded me of the the
0: the defensive play that we chose last time Washington and Dallas played where Dak like threw one right to uh oh. uh what's his name Cole? I, I just yep. uploaded the damn video. Whatever. Anyways. I don't
1: remember his name. I just the I linebacker. Just forgot
0: it. Yes, the linebacker. So <laughs> um so yeah so let's take a look at uh our our breakdown our personnel all that fun stuff uh for the Washington football team. Again shotgun five wide zero personnel I legitimately the same formation except they have uh three on yeah, three on the left side. Well the uh, Chiefs did eventually have three um on that left side too once they set what's his name in motion. And then Dallas is in a dime defense zone cover two. So they have four rushers, um, and then everybody else is playing defensive back. A wise choice and in, in that, especially if, you know, if Washington's playing uh you know, that five wide personnel. Uh zone yeah, zone cover two. All right, we got ten people in the field of view. One, two, three, nine people in the field of view, and we got two deep. So, um, so they're prepared for anything. Uh, the situation is it's uh, first quarter, two minutes twenty-seven seconds remain. Third and seven, and Dallas is already up fourteen to nothing. And if you want to watch this uh, this video in its its original form, it's Washington Football Team versus Cowboys Week Sixteen highlights. Three minutes twenty-four seconds. So, all right, let's start to break this thing down and where things go wrong. This is the most impressive thing is that they only send the four-man rush, all right? Uh, Dallas does a actually a very good job of kind of covering zones. Um, it's pretty apparent that Heineke is looking for number 35 here,
1: which I'm not even sure who the heck that is. Is that Jer Badderson? No, oh, he's 36.
0: Yeah. I'm not even entirely certain who it is, but it's just, Yeah. Heineke's look, you know, and this is a, that young guy mistake, right? Heineke is got his read. He knows where he wants to go. He sees thirty-five open. I don't think he looked to the left of the field too much. If he did, it was pre-snap or very early on. But he sees thirty-five not covered, and it's under, it's an understandable play. All things considered, if you look at the rest of the screen, all right. If you're one of our visual watchers, these videos will be up on YouTube. Um, just so you know, for audio listeners, I'm going to have them up. I have off all week this week. I'm going to be on top of things. All these guys are pretty well covered, all right? But number 35 here uh, is got you, you got a pretty good positioning, all right? You hit that, he can go up and make things a little interesting. I don't know. He probably – I mean, if, even if he hits 35, he, I don't know if – I wouldn't say he gets the first down, but he gets you a little closer, and if Ron Rivera's feeling a little ballsy, you kind of go for it. So um, – but uh, but yeah, I think if Heineke like this is the mistake here. Heineke waits too long. If you hit him here, yeah, you're probably you probably get he got some room to run. All right, your wide receivers clear out the defensive backs, and he got some room to run up the middle and, and maybe make something of it. But uh, but they don't, man. It's it Lawrence backed up like I mean he legit, Demarcus Lawrence backs up off the offensive lineman. This offensive lineman still thinks he's protecting him, and Lawrence is like nope, he backs up. Good awareness by DeMarcus Lawrence. This is one of those easy things that could have just been, um, uh, you know, just kind of whizzed by him and been complete, but this is the kind of guy that DeMarcus Lawrence is. He jumps up, and the camera thinks, like, this ball is still going somewhere. I know it's hard to tell right now. It's blurry because this thing's all in motion, but um, he gets it. He, he gets the thing, turns around, and then that offensive line can't even stop him. He weaves in and out of two. He out here looking like. Looking like Jerry Rice. All right. Looking like Jerry Rice weaving in and out of defenders, getting that
1: touchdown. Crazy. That's that was a fantastic block by six. Oh yeah. Yeah. And also credit Terry McLaurin on on the effort. Yeah. I feel so bad for that guy. I He's do too. Wasted on that team. So wasted. <laughs> um so so wasted. So
0: uh so yeah, that that's that's kinda where uh that's kind of what happened there. Just it's crazy, too. I mean, a four-man rush, they pull everybody back, defensive backs, and that still happens. The error here is that, one, as we mentioned, Taylor Heineke waited a little too long to kind of hit this throw. Maybe. Maybe Maybe he was hoping for something else, but he waited too long. Obviously, hindsight is twenty-twenty, and he just didn't get up enough. He didn't get put enough height on it, I think. He, threw a, he tried to throw a line drive. And I get it, you know. If you, you know, maybe a Patrick Mahomes or somebody can kind of get away with that, like zinging it right past the defensive tackle. You know what I mean? Just, just kind of yeah. throwing it right there. But um, I don't know. he didn't put enough zip on. it, Just literally, just right, just above him. And Demarcus Lawrence is way too smart for that. Way too smart for that. Yeah, backs up, bam, mine, take it to the house, boom, yeah, perfect block. And there it is. That's all there is to it, man. Just a rookie mistake on on, uh, – he's not a rookie anymore, but a young young quarterback's mistake on Taylor Heineke's part. Good coverage by the Dallas Cowboys and uh, great awareness of the situation. Quick, Quick reaction time for Demarcus Lawrence. And that's where we're at for that play. So that is my defensive play. We're moving on to our final one. All right. Chargers and Texans, the big story was the Texans upsetting the Chargers and essentially bouncing them out of the playoff picture um, at this point in time. Uh, why'd you choose this play, Brian?
1: Well, uh, as we said, we were trying to figure out how the Texans were able to beat the Chargers. And actually, this play, I don't think shows really exactly why they have been. Uh, I think the answer is mostly that they just could not stop Rex Burkhead for whatever reason you know con- controlling the it. clock limiting limiting um possession for Justin Herbert on that offense you know and then um not capitalizing on their chances uh the Chargers uh turned the ball over tw- uh, 3 times uh a fumble they lost and uh Herbert threw two picks and we're going to look at one of those picks right now
0: all right so let's take a look at that uh situation this, uh what's going on right here? Uh, Chargers are up 12 to 10. Four minutes, eight seconds left in the first half. Uh, and, yeah, it is first and 10. The Chargers are on there uh, between the fo- uh, the Texans 40 and 39-yard line. If you want to watch the original video in its uh, pure form, Chargers versus Texans week 16 highlights five minutes, 21 seconds is when it starts. So let's take a uh, – let's jump to that and make sure the uh, – Screen changed, and here we go. Down and 10 from the 39. Play fake. Herbert. Setting up to go deep. He's got Palmer down there, and it's picked off. Intercepted by Jonathan Owens. His first career interception.
1: Yikes. That's bad. That's bad.
0: Yeah, not a good decision. I I mean, I... I guess a little bit of it's definitely a trust thing that he trusted Josh Palmer in that in one-on-one coverage but well played well well played by the Texans secondary uh mm-hmm. guy. All right, so what are we looking at for personnel and all that jazz?
1: Uh 11 personnel, trips bunch to the uh right side of the formation um and then it's a cover I'm, it's a tri- a trips bunch 11 personnel uh, ends up becoming a max protect play action um, deep shot. And then uh, it's the four two five classic nickel cover three to um, combat this. And I think the biggest issue that I have with this play is Herbert's decision. And then not too far after that is um, Staley's obsession with max protect two routes deep shots. Right. And it, and it finally came back to bite them. It's it they've shown it several times. It's actually when I watched this clip the first time, I was like, oh, you ran this again. I don't like limiting how many options my quarterback has out in the field to throw to. I have a big problem with that. The biggest thing I have about that is you are committing too much to something that probably shouldn't be that big of an issue anyways. Pass protection. Justin Herbert is mobile enough, athletic enough to make things out of nothing, get out of the pocket, make a play out of structure, right? It's the new style quarterback. We just watched it. Patrick Mahomes, literally this episode, we just watched this. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, So anytime that you bring in another backer or another wide receiver or another offensive lineman just to be a blocker, I have issues with that because I'd rather rely on my – playmakers to get open and have my future 250 million dollar quarterback, you know, I'm going to trust him to be the one making the big play and he tries to make a big play here but it's in a situation where I don't know what else he was supposed to. Yeah, he probably should have just scrambled, right? It's first down. Okay, cool. But I also don't want people to to beat up on Herbert too much when this is a Clearly, a Texan staff was ready for this right you you're you're gonna sell out on the pass protection and try and take the deep shot on a rollout and it be everyone saw this coming I think at the second he took his ball and started rolling to the right. we knew okay, here comes the deep shot,
0: yeah, no doubt no doubt it's it's become a little- it's definitely become a little predictable, but yeah. I mean big kudos to this david call- you know David Colley's defense here in Houston. we just talked you know well, the episode drops tomorrow. Right tomorrow? Yeah, but we You know, big kudos to to the Texans. They're playing up right now. Right, they're playing up. This defense is playing good. They've won just as we've made this point. This will be the second time, technically, but third time overall uh, about Houston's team. They've won right now at this point as many games this year as they have they did last year with the Sean Watson. So uh, Texans are playing up, and I really, really like that these guys are playing for their coach. Uh, not that Colley's job is under risk. I really don't think it is. Um these guys have way out outpour- uh, outperformed what we expect them to be. I believe you and I predict them to go like winless or like one or two wins this year. And uh Houston's done very, very well for themselves. But yeah, I mean to 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 do what they just did against Justin Herbert. Uh, very impressive. So let's uh let's start to slowly break it down. All right. I like the little head knot I never noticed really noticed that before. Herbert's like looking at both sides like Real quick, like a bobblehead before he sets the ball off. But there's your fake um, linebackers committed, right? Let me know where to
1: pause. Let me know where to pause. Well, I wanted to watch it one time through again just because I wanted to make sure that it was only two guys in the routes, and it is. There's only two guys out. And they're kind of working on the same level. So let's pause it right there. Okay. First off. I think that is atrocious play action. That was weak as we can be. Uh yeah, some of the guys trailed that way, but I think that's actually more to do with the fact that you committed six guys to blocking. You know what I mean? <laughs> so they're already that those guys already probably have their assignments and you just committed one of them to the off or to protect on the offensive line. So that guy really doesn't have anywhere to go. Uh the other thing that I'm noticing right now is I don't see anyone on the left side at all, which is kind of unique because um, you would think that you could find a, a shorter route to the left side when you're rolling to the right. Instead, what he's doing is rolling right and throwing a deep left. Um, but that's just a preference thing. So let's let's roll for a quick sec again. And pause. All right. How long was that, Matt? In real time, what do you think from from snap until this moment right now?
0: Snap until this moment, probably three, four seconds at the absolute tops.
1: OK, um, we, we want our offensive lineman to block for as close to three seconds as possible. So basically, you brought in an extra blocker and kept the running back in to buy yourself an extra second for what? you you're getting rid of the ball in in 3 to 4 seconds no matter how many guys you have blocking you know you you no good play ever it unless some guys scrambling like crazy like lamar jackson or russell wilson you know and stretching the plays out like that but i'm saying like a normal scripted play you your guys should be getting this play executed in under 6 to 7 seconds right. from 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 snap to catch to tackle you know, it is normally the average play in the NFL is around seven seconds. So I, that's the biggest thing I have with this play, I guess right now is it's just not committing enough guys to being available to make a play. And the other thing is he's throwing deep in the cover three. There's nothing that happened from the snap to when he's about to throw this ball. That would say that those safeties have any reason to not be where they were at the snap. Right. So it, it, that, the play, the he like no one got fooled by the play action no. so fail number 1 your 11, yeah,
0: 11 personnel is still standing there trying to block block three guys for you
1: right, right
0: now your your yep. you're running back and your like like brian said, you're running back your tight end um your extra blocker all just standing there looking yep. silly uh when you could have a guy you know a little safety valve everybody's deep right now for the chargers everybody's deep and everybody's very well covered. So we got three there, so that means there's, you know, three there, two here, so we have everybody's covered in the back. Yeah. That's six six people. Six people covering three three receivers. <laughs> three receivers. Yeah. Yeah. Awful. Awful play design.
1: I mean, I guess, you know, he's made this play before. I mean, I guess in a way You know, if it's Mike Williams, you know, I'm going to take the the, the deep shot. I'm going to put it up there. I'm going to let him go make a play. But he doesn't put it up there. No. Uh, The the underneath cornerback or safety here is able to easily make the play on the ball here. Um, And I also don't like how close the receivers ended up being to each other. Right. So you didn't you didn't utilize the field and you didn't you didn't give yourself a chance. um, Especially on first down to just keep the momentum of the drive going because the the play before this was a good play. It was a good handoff, a, a good run. And then, you know, I thought they were more than willing to take a chance. But, you know, Herbert is, is still got this gunslinger mentality. He's made big plays like this all season. It's kind of what he's known for right now. So he leaned on it, and this time it caught him. This time he, they made him pay because he's thrown into the teeth of the defense, and they were more than willing to – come down with the ball because justin herbert had no reason to throw it he just is he, he just has no business throwing this ball this is i didn't think he would be this guy again but he is
0: yeah yeah that was bad bad decision making i still think highly of him but he had a very bad. oh decision. he's
1: gonna be great but you know i i was hoping that this game would be yet another example of herbert taking the step moving on right being one of the top five Ish, guys.
0: No, I concur. I concur. I, yeah, I thought they. I mean, not a single one of us picked the Texans to win in our pick'em. Why would you? Right. Understandably so, right? Yeah. Not uh, not good. Not good. Yeesh. Nice. Yeah, I don't yeah. get it. I don't get it. Oy vey. Well, Everybody. That is our final film study play for this episode. But we are not done. If you've been following along with us, we are doing the Losers Club. As mentioned at the top of the show, uh, this is our fourth, I think, Losers Club so far. Mm -hmm. I think it's our fourth. Mm -hmm. Two, three, four, five,
1: six. Yes, you are correct.
0: All right. So uh, we're going to start with Washington. All right. This team, uh, I'll... Brian and I, we're not getting, you know, maybe another thing we got to apologize for. Brian and I had Washington up there as, like, one of the best teams, like, this upcoming year, right? Um, I think I had them as, like, a 14-win team, and they are are not even close. It's bad. Uh, A lot of things went wrong for them this year. Uh, I mean, they're not officially eliminated from the NFC playoffs, but, bro, you're not getting in after that. Sorry, Philadelphia eclipsed Washington. It's, it, that's the bottom line that's that's what it is that is what it is um their defense so 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 disappointing this year, so disappointing this year yep. you know their only good really good outing was against Tampa all right they beat the bucks got a little revenge game it was terrible. you know their defense was terrible this year um their offense, I, I know we were excited for Fitzpatrick. I think we all were. He gets hurt in, you know, week one. And Taylor Heineke show who, we like Taylor Heineke. We do. We definitely do. But, uh, you know, it just hasn't been his best year. I, I I, I don't, like, I do. But I also, at the same time, I don't necessarily know what do you do from here if you're Washington. Cause, I mean, quarterback, I think, is the most important addition, right? I th- I honestly think all the yes. other facets are fine. I think it the the offensive line could be improved, there's no doubt about that. But mm-hmm. from a weapon standpoint, I think you got a nice nice core there with McLaurin, mm-hmm. Gibson a little overrated coming into this year, but uh still not bad. You know, Logan Thomas when healthy is is pretty damn good, but uh for me I think it's a the quarterback position and it's not one that you want to go and just get out of the draft, right? Um, I think you want to try and find a try and find a veteran, a, a proven veteran, who's going to come in there and, and change things for the better.
1: Yeah, they seem like a prime candidate for Russell Wilson.
0: Eh, they should be, but organizationally, I don't think that they will be. Um,
1: yeah. Well, like, I'm I'm just saying, it, as far as if Russell had his pick, uh, and he were to hit the free agency and then then you know make his little tour. I would think that that would be one of those teams that he would be interested in because um, the coach. The, well, the, well, they can definitely do that. They, I, I was going to look at cap numbers before this. Um, the Dolphins have the most cap for now. Okay. But the Dolphins or the Jets, one of the, one of the AFC's teams. But either way, uh, yeah, they definitely have money. Uh, they have a well-respected coach who's been to a Super Bowl. You know what I mean? It, like that's appealing enough. Uh, You have a number one legit wide receiver, McLaurin. Uh, You have a a fun stable of running backs. So it's not the worst situation. Like if you were to lay out all the quarterback needy teams that won't be in position or probably are not willing to be in position to draft a quarterback, uh, which ones do you think that Russell Wilson or maybe even an Aaron Rodgers would want to go to? I think that Washington can make a stronger pitch than the Giants I think they can make a stronger pitch than, I mean, let's say Big Ben retires and then now Pittsburgh's in need. I would say that they can make a stronger pitch than Pittsburgh.
0: Possibly. Yeah, I think, I think when it comes to Rodgers and, and Wilson, you know, there's going to be a lot of off-field factors that come into play. I think that's going to be the case. But if if they're tunnel-visioned on, on going to a place where they're going to win and succeed... I, I agree that Washington is that place. Yeah. Um, I agree that Washington is that place. Despite their asshole of an owner um, and his, his his history, right, his, his carefree history, all that jazz, um, I, I think this is a team that is built to win and win now. You know, I, I, Dan Snyder has been notoriously cheap. You know, yeah. notoriously cheap. I would have loved to see – Kirk Cousins with a Terry McLaurin or Kirk Cousins with a Antonio Gibson. Listen, they've been really, really bad since Kirk left. It's very, it's actually very weird for me to picture. I mean, as I look up at my Kirk Cousins Washington jersey, it's still very weird for me to picture Kirk Cousins in Washington. You know, I I get it. Kirk was, you know, Kirk is Kirk. He's not a bad quarterback. He's not a terrible quarterback by any means. He's not a QB one, but bro, you, you, let Kirk Cousins walk without a backup plan. You let yep. him go. They don't want to pay him money. Dude threw 4,000 yards every single season. And that, that he was there, which is remarkable considering that he was thrown to the likes of, I think, like Terrell Pryor. And some of these just other like guys who would not start anywhere else, just anywhere else in the NFL. You let him walk with no backup plan. And you took Haskins.
1: Yeah. Yeah, who, who does? Oh no, even... it was Case. It was
0: Case first. No, Case and Haskins same year, I think.
1: Yeah, yeah. Awful, but I mean, you don't even with Haskins, and I listen. I'll admit that I was too clouded and hyped about what he was able to do at Ohio state. And then I I need to check that every now and then Ohio state has elite players at every position. It's going to make every quarterback's job a lot easier when playing there. Yeah. So I I need to keep that in mind, um, this next scouting cycle. (laughs) Uh, But the biggest thing with Haskins is something that I don't think anyone could have fully predicted, which is the guy has crap. Okay. Fine. He has shitty fucking, Work ethic, all right? I was trying to be, yeah, but you I can't, can't help it. I'm, I I hate it. When guys have talent and no work ethic, it pisses me off because there's so many people who record pod, record podcasts about football who wish that they had the talent but have the work ethic. <laughs> I don't know where that came from. I'm sorry. Um, Yeah, that's what pisses me off. And, you know, the, they're back at chasing the quarterback position, so – how best to do that, I do believe that they are wholeheartedly going to have to pursue a free agent. Um, yeah,
0: right. None of these none of these drafting quarterbacks are going to be worthwhile. Um, they are going to be projects, and you're going to be in the same place you are with the Taylor You might as well start a Taylor Heineke at that point.
1: You absolutely will not find a quarterback, in my opinion, that will be ready to take the job from Taylor Heineke next year. But you can definitely draft one and try – and groom them and coach them up and see where they are after, you know, a few games. Like Actually, let me we see. We saw Justin Fields or.
0: Somebody told me that Fitzpatrick signed a two-year deal. I can't remember um, if that's true or not. Fitzpatrick.
1: It's, it's probably his option. Uh, two-year deal is probably his option. Oh, it was only a
0: one? Game. No, it was only a one year. It was only a one year.
1: It's only one year? So, okay. That's what I okay. thought.
0: That's. I mean, he's the kind of guy you sign a one-year contract at this point, and he's probably got to be
1: retired at the end of this year. So He's definitely going to think about it. He's got nothing left to prove. The, you, you know, it, his style of play, it, he can't keep playing the way he's been playing as he gets older because no. he never had arm strength to begin with and add on the fact that he just had a pretty serious uh, It was a hip injury. Yes, that took, yep. oh, yeah, like that's – don't mess around with that stuff fits. Everybody loves you. You're one of the national treasures of the NFL. Go be uh Pat McAfee Light and go do, you know, some freelance comedy stuff. Because he actually he's a pretty funny dude. He is a very funny guy. Very <laughs> yeah. funny guy. Uh so let's talk about another position besides uh quarterback with the Redskins. I'm sorry, I did it again. I don't know if I'll ever stop. Until they get rid of the burgundy, I don't know if I'll ever stop. Every I hope now they and never then, ever get rid win. of the burgundy. It's the
0: That is the second, in my opinion, the second or third best color combo in the NFL.
1: Oh, I love I mean, it is my childhood. I mean, that, that was my little loop team. Yeah, right. we, we were the Braves, the Warriors, and the Chiefs, and we were uh, maroon and gold. It was awesome. It's a very good color uh, combo. Yeah, last night's game just was was terrible to watch as far as football on the field because it was a, a blowout. But the uniform matchup, mwah, gorgeous. It is. It really is. If it, 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 listeners, I did the chef's kisses. One of my favorite things to do to tell someone <laughs> that I liked something. Uh, so I think they need to address whiteout besides what they have going on with Terry McLaurin because Terry McLaurin's great, but until you have a legit number two underneath Terry McLaurin, you will not be able to compete full-time in the NFL. You'll have good weeks, and you'll have a lot of bad weeks because you'll be able to at least lock down one side of the field and, and take away a guy most of the time. Good defenses can do that kind of stuff. So you need you need to go after these wideouts. I, would, I like to see them because Terry McLaurin came from Ohio State. I don't know. I kind of like it when, like, Same school positions lined up together. Like, I like seeing that if you have a a guard and a tackle and they both play for, like, Iowa or something, I think that's fun. Yeah. But uh, there's some good wideouts coming out of Ohio State. We talked about them last week. So either Chris Olave or Garrett Wilson would be phenomenal to pair up with Terry McLaurin. Uh, I already said that a kind of kind of McLaurin light. He's, he's, you know, 2.0 version of McLaurin. They, they win in the same way, but I think Garrett Wilson's the guy he's the field stretcher. He's the big play guy. They don't have anyone that can do that right now. We saw Sims have a nice play, but he's not really a burner. Um, this week it was Deami Brown was able to make a nice play for them. The yeah. product out of North Carolina, but he hasn't been active most of the year. It seems like he's kind of slowly picking up the game speed in the NFL offenses. So I would say that they definitely need to add there, especially because, I mean, look at who they're playing against in the division. You know, you you need to be able to, if you're going to win the division, you have to be able to beat the Cowboys. And the way you're going to be able to do that is get your quarterback better options so he can get rid of the ball so that he doesn't get – I mean, t- Taylor, Taylor Heineke was just dis- destroyed last night with a pass rush, so give him better options, get the ball out of his hands quicker, keep the offense in rhythm, and, um, I mean, I guess the uh, offensive line is always a good thing too, but I don't think that's the worst problem with their offense. I think the, the biggest issue is uh, a strong enough quarterback and then it's just options. I think they just need a, another better option – and the offense. I'm not saying that Sims can't be on the team. I'm not saying that Deami Brown can't be on the team, but I would like a stronger number two. I mean, even one of these tight ends is coming out would maybe help them too, because Logan Thomas can't stay on the field.
0: No, no, and he's one of their better weapons. He's so good. He had like a career high last year, and it did pretty well for himself. But, yep. um, but yeah, I think that. I mean, that's kind of that's kind of washed into the nutshell. That off. There's a lot they get. I think feel like there's a lot they could do, on paper a tremendous team, but mm-hmm. just can't put it together. I I don't know who's to blame. Um, last night was definitely not a not a good night. That might have been one of the worst losses in Ron Rivera's coaching career. Um, what you know what I I'm still trying to piece together how bad that was. I've I i do not think I've ever seen anything like that so one sided, right? Anything, absolutely embarrassing. But um all right, so that's Washington. They got a lot to do this year to kind of this offseason to kind of get back on track. Um and then next up the Atlanta Falcons, a team, who uh their first year under head coach Arthur Smith is uh going about the way it has been lately. Not a whole lot has changed within the uh not a whole lot has changed within Atlanta as far as production records. Um all that jazz. They are still alive. They are seven and eight, I think. Yeah. No, no. Uh, yeah, they, they are, are seven and eight right now. They are still alive for a postseason spot. They, uh, you know, they're done with Tampa Bay. They, they, some things could happen. We know that the AFC has been really wonky in that final wild, wild card spot. There's still a chance for Atlanta to make the postseason, so they're not nah. officially ruled out. Yeah, they're catching
1: it now this week. Probably.
0: Nah. Yeah. Who do they got?
1: <laughs> the Bills.
0: Oh yeah. Yeah, you're right. It's it's a, that's a wrap, um, you know. So it, it's it's another disappointing year. Um, this is probably the worst Matty Ice year I've ever seen. Mm. He fell off of a cliff after I think they, they played the Saints really good. It's probably been about two months since I started Matt Ryan consciously in in fantasy. Um, that's how like bad it's it's kind of been and. Um, you know, he has a good, he has decent offensive weapons. They, they, they were rocked by a lot of things this year too, right? You trade Julio Jones, which I think could have been a good thing. Had Calvin Ridley stuck around, but Calvin Ridley took a away from football for mental health reasons. I don't know if he's going to come back. You know, I, I think it's in the Falcons best interest that he does, but they, you know, that hurts and you get led by Russell Gage, who is not a wide receiver one by any means. He's putting up decent numbers. But uh, he's not hes not a Calvin Ridley, and he's not a Julio Jones. You get rookie Kyle Pitts, who's having an extraordinary rookie season for a tight end. We all know it takes a little while for tight ends to get acclimated. He got voted into a Pro Bowl. I don't necessarily agree with it, but he got voted into a pro, in, into his you know, rookie year Pro Bowl tight end. Um, you know, a lot of things are stayed the same. The defense still kind of boo-boo, and... I, I think now is the time to pull the trigger and figure out Matt Ryan. Figure out your quarterback situation. I was okay with them holding on to him for a year. I was perfectly okay with it. He played really good last year. He's played really good in years past where this team is just struggling and so bad. You know, he's still four or five thousand yard seasons like nothing. But this year it's just it hasn't been great. It has it has not been great. Um, you know, for for this fuck I I don't know if it's him getting used to this this offense you know the new coach Arthur Smith he was the Titans offensive coordinator correct yep, yep. yeah <laughs> not I mean, great but, it did create a superstar in Cordero Patterson
1: right i was going to say there there has been you know some unique things that have come out of the the head coaching choice uh you obviously did recognize that your defense is not going to improve under him and you weren't worried about but you had you know, Dan Quinn before, and he didn't improve your defense either. So, no. you know, it, it's it's not always the coach that makes a defense or not. Uh, and then the same kind of goes for offense, you know, because you can have an Andy Reid and you're going to have an above-average offense no matter your quarterback because it's Andy Reid. And then you can have an above-average defense because you have a Bill Belichick. But unless you're talking about these Hall of Fame coaches, you rarely see the uptick in production on offense or defense, just purely because of what you have at your court, at your uh, coach. So I would say that the biggest issue with the Falcons right now is not going to be Arthur Smith and what he does and does not do because yes, Cordell Patterson was a revelation this year and young Kyle Pitts had a above average uh, year for a rookie tight end. But it does come down to Matty Ice. And I was on board about them not taking a quarterback because I thought that either way, they wouldn't be that good of a team. Now, here's where I can give Arthur Smith a little bit of a pat on the back, which is they are one of the teams that we got wrong as far as win loss record. And they, it's by a few better, games right? for me. Did they mm-hmm. do better. Or what? I think they did better. Yeah. They've done better than we predicted for sure. I mean, there's I'm, I'm trying to think of the team that is like the biggest one with that. Uh, Raiders. We got the wor- wrong, the worst. You think we got, I was going to say the tech it's the Raiders and the Texans that we probably got the worst. wrong.
0: Raiders. Definitely the worst. We had them going winless or one win two, And they're Raiders
1: are right in the playoff mix. So, Hey, if they would have stuck of Gruden, maybe it would have happened. Just saying. Yeah, maybe. <laughs> so Arthur Smith seems like a decent enough hire. Uh, they improved their record, but their defense still looks really bad. Yeah. Really, really bad. So I think this will be our first chance to go ahead and look at the twenty two draft class as far as our cornerbacks go. Now they could go safety and they could take Kyle Hamilton out of Notre Dame. It actually they would be one of the first teams that I would be kind of okay with. They're picking ninth right now, the Falcons. Okay. So at nine, I wouldn't feel that bad about taking a safety that you project to be an instant impact guy and even like his ceiling could be even higher because he hasn't necessarily shown the range that you would want from your free safety, but he's already shown the ability to play in the box. Right. So if you can just start there with a safety, that's huge. But as far as cornerbacks go, Let's go to Tankathon. We'll go with Tankathon this time. Yeah, they have Kyle Hamilton as their number three player here. Uh oh, they actually have them taking Tyre Linderbaum, the center out of Iowa, with uh the tenth pick. They haven't updated a Tankathon update your stuff, man. <laughs> <laughs> uh let's see here. Cornerback Andrew Booth Jr. from Clemson. Uh, he's a six foot 195 guy. Uh, I have not looked too much at the cornerback class. These are just names for now. Uh, Ahmad Gardner is a great – actually, I know his name quite a bit. This, this kid out of Cincinnati, you can watch him this weekend play uh, Alabama. So uh, I don't know what number he is on the field for them. I think he's a single-digit di- guy. College numbers are even wonkier than pros, so yeah. good luck with that. <laughs> uh, but but uh, if you tune in on Friday – uh, for the 330 game, you can watch um, Gardner take on some elite wide receiver talent. That's Always think of that. Always try and do that, guys. If you're getting interested in the scouting stuff, if you've got these teams that are uh, out of the playoffs and going to be top 10 picks, go ahead and dive into watching some of these guys because it's 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 a lot of fun and it's, it's a good challenge to yourself to figure out how to uh, better gauge the talent. Um, there's actually a few cornerbacks here. All in the top 30 or so picks. There's another guy coming up out uh, of Florida, Kyara Lamb. He's 6'2", 183, so a bigger guy, more physical guy. Uh, um, Roger McCurry from Auburn, I've heard of him. He's six foot 190, so a little more fleet of foot. But uh, I definitely think that they can't go wrong as long as they addressed defense. Do what the Panthers did. We know the Panthers aren't good. But we also know that's almost strictly because of quarterback play. Yeah. Their defense has kept them in games with some of the better teams in the league. 100%. So I would take that mold if I was the Falcons. I would take that mold. I would go crazy defensive picks and push the quarterback off to the next year and try and send, sign Manny Rice one more year, I guess.
0: Yeah, give him a little bit of extension, hold it down. I think if you get a nice offensive line or something like that, you know, just he's serviceable for what he's going to be. You don't want to take a step back. Brady's going to be retiring soon. Maybe, hopefully. (laughs) You know, who's going to be the team to step up, right? I really don't believe you. (sighs) He sold his soul, man. Yeah, no, he did. (laughs) I know he did. But you know what I mean? Like, if something changes in the Brady department, because I think this is the last year of his contract, right? They could extend him, but he also could try and go find another home. Um, NFC South is a hot mess and ripe for the taking. All right, Saints don't have their their quarterback situation figured out. They could they could find maybe Ian Book is that guy. I don't know. Hey,
1: I they got people said, on Twitter that tell me I don't know how good Jameis actually was this year.
0: I Jameis was good. It's fine. <laughs> they did they did really good with him. Let's just say that they they did good. He did good enough. He was a nice game manager. Yeah. With uh, with 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 him under center, nice game manager. But outside of that, man, it you know, Saints are a mess. Carolina is a mess. I think Tampa without Tom Brady still a pretty good team, but a bit of a it could be a bit of a mess. We all know. Oh, like,
1: without a quarterback, they. I mean, they're a five hundred team.
0: Correct. Atlanta might have one of the better situations if you could build boot if you could boost up that defense. Give Matty Ice some help on the line. You're okay, right? Make sure Cordero Patterson stays. You got Kyle Pitts for a couple years. Um, figure out maybe the wide receiver room. I mean, the salary cap is going up this year. Yeah, Go find a Devontae. A- oh, my God. Matt Ryan and Devontae Adams. Like, you're right, because I think Devontae Adams' contract is done this year, too, Yeah, with Green Bay. I believe so. You know, go and find one of those guys. Go make it happen. Seriously. Um, it could be good for Atlanta. It could be good for Atlanta, but you're going to have to find your your future quarterback soon. All right? That's gonna that's gonna have to be a, a a big time thing. You have to find Matt Ryan's successor soon. You're not going to find it in this draft class, so you're going to have to suck it up with Matt Ryan, sign a veteran, something. I don't know, but his 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 successor just isn't out there yet.
1: So. And I'm gonna I'm gonna work a little harder on trying to find the next Josh Allen. I'm serious. Like there's gonna we know what is gonna happen. It's gonna happen where there's this guy that no one likes and everyone talks down about. Although Josh did like no one thought that Josh shouldn't get drafted in the first round. But you know there's gonna be a guy either this draft or the next draft or whatever it is, is the guy that no one wanted and he didn't do this and he didn't do that and then he blows up and no one saw it coming. It right. happens all the time. All the time. Oh, and in a lot of ways Patrick Mahomes was actually you know, people don't want to talk about it because once he actually started he was just so dominant, and so elite, but yeah, no one no one thought that Patrick Mahomes coming out of Texas Tech was going to be some ridiculous hall of fame guy, you know what I mean, which he obviously will be when his career is over. Uh th- there's always somebody that comes out of nowhere and I'm going to work hard this year to try and get on put my stamp on it. My uh underdog
0: absolutely well i mean uh have you and ryan talked about bringing processing back for draft season yet
1: processing will be coming back we talked about um doing it um right right after the super bowl okay very good the week the week after the super bowl is when we'll come back
0: all right very good well um definitely you know to our listeners they do a very good job with all that draft stuff so make sure you follow them when it comes time for that and uh and yeah, it's, uh and that's, that's our episode in a wrap. So we got our two losers clubs down. We have two more weeks of football action, and then this show is going to be kind of poised and looking at um, you know college athletes as, as best as we can, you know, as best we can find. Of course, there's a lot of players that have yet to declare um, for the draft, and as those do, you know, we'll have much more stuff to look at. but man, I, I really can't believe football seasons regular season's almost done. What a year. What a s what a year it has been. And uh and unpredictable as ever. That's the best kind of season to have. So thank you so much, listeners, viewers. Appreciate you as always. Um Yeah. Enjoy it. Could be your team's final moments of the twenty twenty one season coming up. Enjoy it while you can. Uh some people are probably ready for that off season emotionally. Um but but yeah, we're gonna be we're gonna be clamoring for shitty football. Uh, in a couple weeks, I'm sure, you know what I mean. After the Super Bowl, springtime, it's, We're going to be clamoring for for crappy football. Hey, well, the USFL is coming back, so there's that. So there we go. There we go. But all right, everybody, thank you so much for tuning in on behalf of Brian and I. Till next time, the Two Point Conversation is good.